Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Scale Your Law Firm podcast. My name is Ian Eggert. I'm the host. You know, on this podcast, every week we feature content and conversations with, for law firms and legal professionals to help you best you scale up your law firm and have better success in the legal field. Today, I'm honored to have the guest, Marlene Doss. She's a partner. I own law partners in, 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 in Toronto. And we're going to have a conversation and learn more about her and how she rises to success in the legal field. Marlene, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ian. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. And the honor's uh, all mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm just, as we know, we connected. I t- kind of helped you out with your, your social media marketing over the last yes. few months. But just working with you, I want to have a conversation with you because I saw how you and Emma have you know, worked with clients, the, the brand you have in your firm. Mm-hmm. What's your story? I know you wrote a book or you authored through in a book. So I want to talk about that, if you don't mind, and get into it. But to start off with, let's talk about you. Like, What led you to become a lawyer? So I wanted to be a lawyer since I was young, um, and it changed along the way. But uh, the first, I mean, I grew up watching <laughs> Matlock and um, what was that other one? Uh, Pierre Long Mason, oh. <laughs> you know, those old shows. Yeah. But I always liked the law. I liked the, you know, the reasoning and the rationality and being being able to try to find solutions and, you know, um, when, as I go, got older, the reason I chose to stay in law and not, you know, go into the sciences and stuff yeah. um, is because I really wanted to help people. You know, it, it, that was my intention. You know, I wanted to, my, my career, whatever it is, to be something that is full of service. Right. And uh, actually, before applying to law school, I was on the fence. It was like social work or law school, kind of, you know, was debating there and ended up in law school, yeah. you know, where, I, where I thought I was going to be from the beginning and uh, haven't looked back. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So did, like, what, was anybody in your family into law? Or, or was it, like, why? Like, it just seems like it's a... Yeah. Why, where did that come from out of nowhere? Like, I'm curious. It did come out of nowhere, but actually, as I told my parents, I found out much later that um, my parents are Egyptian, so they came, they, and they're immigrants here. So first-generation immigrants into Canada. Mm. Uh, had their own struggles, didn't ke- get to keep their careers. My, te- my mom was a teacher back home, and we learned as we got older, and... Apparently, my dad uh, was in law school too, but I didn't know this at the time. So he completed three years of law school, came to Canada, and was told he would have to start over. And you know, he had a, a family and stuff, so he didn't he didn't pursue that. Right. Um, but yeah, when once I expressed that I wanted law, I learned a little bit about my parents, about mm, my dad. Amazing. That's really yeah, cool. So maybe it's in the genes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to pay just for a second about I on law partners. I mean. In the book, which we'll talk about later, you said that your vision is to be a game changer in the law industry, legal mm-hmm. industry. So tell me more about the vision and how this kind of came about, so to speak. Yeah, so my partner, Emma, who you know, um, we've known each other for many years. And each of us had our own practices until we partnered up uh, almost a year ago now. And um, we both have over a decade of experience and went through all the pains and the agonies of trying to learn how to run your own business and mm. set it up from the beginning. They don't teach you this in law school. <laughs> Apparently some of that has changed, I hear, yeah. um, about some schools, but um, you know, they, they really don't teach you how to run the business behind law. So all of that we had to learn along the way and you know, obviously when you're on your own, you have to find experienced lawyers, find, you know, you're, you're getting your own templates if you haven't worked somewhere else, which was my experience. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of growing pains. Yes. Um, and the other thing is, I think, I think the public has gotten a really bad impression 
or has, has had a bad view of what lawyers are and what they represent and they're inaccessible and you know you can't have a relationship with them and I'm not saying that's everybody but you know the public has a little bit of a fear you know um, of their lawyers and we really wanted to change that so mm -hmm. we wanted to change you know the accessibility of the law make make people aware give them an understanding educate the public as to why they need us and also focus on having a relationship with our clients like a long-term relationship you know don't come in for just your your one thing or your one of course we'll help you but we want a long-lasting relationship with our clients you yes. know um, like your doctor you have one doctor and typically you stick with that doctor for many years if not your whole life right yes. if you're happy with them and you know we believe that it's important to have that relationship with your lawyer and have your regular checkups you know as <laughs> as you need them yeah and to be able to provide them with service in in all the areas or at least where they overlap and where we have the expertise obviously um so that's one thing but also on the other side for other lawyers in the profession yeah uh, i think there's a lot of lawyers that are entrepreneurial and want to run their own business and want to run their own practices and stuff and don't know how to do that. Right. And we're like, well, why, why does everybody need to struggle the same? Why can't we help each other? Right. So we're trying, you know, Iron Law, the idea is that we're going to be helping other young lawyers, mm -hmm. um, set them up for success. We'll deal with a lot of the headache and stuff, you know, for them. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that we'll find the right partners that are obviously have the same level of integrity and you know yeah. focus on client service and stuff but that we should be able to help each other in the community of law you know right, right, right. Um, there's no reason that we can't help each other it's not like the business is scarce you know there's <laughs> there's enough to go around right and so there's no need to look at one another as competitors wow. you know yes. so that's what we're trying to change in the culture and also for for the lawyers that have been in in a while a lot of them don't have an exit strategy you know, they've, they've built their practices, they've built their careers on their names, they've built their reputations, they have long-standing relationships with their clients and, you know, n no real exit strategy and when they come to retire, it's a little bit of a challenge of what do I do with my, my book of business and stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, we want to be here to also help with that transition and we value that expertise, you know, right, that right. you've put in and built over the years with your own your own practices and your own clients and stuff when we want to be a part of that transition, you know, and and also tap into that resource. Mm -hmm. Like those lawyers, whether they're ready to stop practicing or whatever, that's an invaluable resource, you know, mm -hmm. having those many years of experience and can you imagine how many, how many situations and circumstances and trials and, you know, errors and clients that they've dealt with over the years. Like there's a lot that can, can come back from that. So right. we want to we want to, you know, not only help them with the transition, but also allow them and, and empower them to also give back to the legal community. Nice. Oh wow, I, I like that. Uh, can you walk me through a, like a bit about what area of law that you are now, or what mm -hmm. you're looking to venture in in the future, as far as speciality and serving? Yeah, like that? sure. So right now. Um, the three main areas of focus are real estate, wills and estates, and corporate, because they overlap so often. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we also deal with immigration law. Mm -hmm. We are hoping to very soon add family mm -hmm. and uh, litigation to to our practice. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're looking for the right fit of people to join us with that. Very good. Okay, um, that's good to know. Um, let's move it back, if you could, a uh, bit mm -hmm. back to you, back to your past a bit. Um, 
what would you, so you, you published a book last month, where you're part of a group that part, published a book. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, look at it. so how that, I didn't do the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but how'd that come about? I'm kind of curious. So I'm, I'm a member of an organization called Powerful Women Today, and it's led by a wonderful lady, Carolina Billings, who also has her extensive experience, uh, not related to this exactly, but in all parallels. But anyways, the vision of Powerful Women Today is to really em empower women mm. and educate them and assist them to take control, you know, of their lives financially and in any, uh, all other ways, right? Um, and somebody had introduced me to Carolina a few years back now, a couple of years at least, and I became a member of that group. And uh, they've published other books along the way. And she, she said, you know, we have another one that's going to be coming out, and it's called 30 Days to Courage. Yeah. And I want you to be involved in it. And so I was very apprehensive. <laughs> um, yeah. I haven't written before. I you know, wasn't even sure what I was going to speak about. But right. uh, I was like, okay, if I have an authentic message that I think might, might help somebody, I'm happy to be a, be a part of it. So she was gracious enough to, to allow me to participate with them. And that's how that came about. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, I mean, whenever a person writes a book, there's whether it's a chapter or anything, there's always mm -hmm. a person reflecting on their life and pouring in wisdom. So I think it's amazing. I want to talk more about that. I read the, your, the part of your book, and you mentioned mm -hmm. that you, out of law school, you, I could if I'm wrong, you, you were looking for a, a, a role, a, a job in a law firm, but you want a specific role, a specific mm -hmm. job or area, and like, you weren't compromising your values. And it's like, and that didn't happen, but you ended up out of things happening, starting your own law firm, yeah. out of law school. So talk about that. That must have been exciting and a bunch of other things. So I want to know how that worked out. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I had taken some other contract jobs and taught a couple of courses at uh, Humber College along the way, like while I was trying to figure it out and did apply to other jobs. But I was very picky with, with the jobs that I was applying for. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of knew the areas that I didn't want to touch. Um, I knew that the, the big law firm setting wasn't for me. Mm. Um, and I was just holding out until I was finding the right fit and just doing the contract work along the way. And then people in my own community who are learning that I was a licensed lawyer now started to ask me to do things for them. So, you know, a couple of them and I'm like, okay, if I'm going to provide services for them, I need to set up a shop properly. Yeah. That led to, you know, registration of the business name and opening of the bank accounts and it really started like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just grew, you right, know, right. and uh, so it's definitely challenging. Yeah. Lots of fear, I have to say. Walk me through that because I feel like, you know, I've gone to work in the legal space more on the tech side for the last, you know, three or four years. And I find that there's typically maybe like three schools of lawyers. There's like the lawyers that like at law school want the big I want to go for the big firm. Mm -hmm. And that's cool, what's wrong with that? And there's ones that have more of the entrepreneurial feel to it. I want to just, you know, as I had hang have my own hang my own shingle and go at it. Yeah. Or those are kind of in between where it's like, you know, I, I kind of want to do my own thing, but I don't have the experience yet. Yes. To walk me through how it was, like, what were the challenges they had to, they had to face and overcome being out of law school, starting this law firm, but nothing to back it up as far as resources and, mm -hmm. and, and a brand name? Yeah, there was a lot of uh, stepping out of your comfort zone and seeking help from people, sometimes random strangers and other gracious lawyers <laughs> that would help along the way. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, there was a lot of that. Yeah. In the initial stages and a lot of, you know, self-learning, a lot of self-learning. So yeah. 
I don't recommend it to anybody, to be honest <laughs> with you, to do it the way I did it. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I would not recommend it <laughs> at all, to be honest. Like, you know, had I had a year or two of experience under my belt, at least just to learn how to do law, you know, our articling is just not enough. It's yeah. good, but it's it's not enough to teach you the intricacies behind it. And there's so much to running a business that that has nothing to do with being able to practice law well, right? Um, so... You know, it, it was everything. It was building templates from legal documents and stuff like that mm -hmm. to figuring out the software and bookkeepers and when can I and can I afford them and, you know, when am I ready to take the leap to rent an office space and where should that be and do I want to commit and, you know, so it's, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot to, to work through while you're actually trying to do the work and, uh, you know, when you start out and you you're not as intentional. I, I think, it, I mean, for me, it worked out because it showed me that I was entrepreneurial, which I don't think I realized at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, like everybody else, you just expect to, well, like a lot of us, I would say, not everybody. Some people do, as you said, come out knowing that they're entrepreneurs and knowing that they want to set up shop. And some, some of them are a little oblivious to what that actually entails. Yeah. They think they want it until they start it, you know? <laughs> um, and then they see the pains, <laughs> you know, because the idea of it is nice. Yeah, I want to have my own hours. I want to be able to make my own schedule. I want to do things on my terms. I don't want to have to share the cut of anything with anybody. I'm like, yeah. but it's not realistic. Even when you're running the ship, eventually, if you're doing well, you have to have your employees. You have to have your, you know, to do it well, right? So, um, and that's a good thing. You know, so at some point you're sharing it with, with somebody, whether they're covering you when you have a steady, but a lot of people want the steady salary. And the, the pensions and the, you know, the things, things that come with that. So, yeah. yeah, so it was definitely challenging, but it showed me that that's what I wanted. And I did enjoy the independence of it, you know. I learned to network. Mm -hmm. I learned to ask for help a lot. Yes. You know, <laughs> probably to the point of annoyance with some people, I'm sure. <laughs> they didn't share it, but, yeah. you know, you got to be out there. And it's actually, you know, being in it in a while, for a while, that's how I actually ended up meeting Emma. I mean, that's break through some barriers to success. <laughs> um, one of the themes that comes up a lot in your book, I hear by grace, let go, let God, created by God's image. So talk more about like that, your faith or like what does that mean when you say those things? How does that impact your life and your, 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 your journey as a lawyer, so to speak? Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm a Christian hmm. um, and uh, raised in a church and, you know, went to Sunday school, did all of that stuff. But I think when you are challenged and when you face those obstacles and stuff, that's when your relationship with your, with your maker, with God, to me it's God, um, gets, uh, gets tested, but it also improves, you know? Um, so I, I, I know that there's been many times where, you know, there's been divine intervention, whether it's by sending somebody to answer a question that I needed or to just, you know, create that situation where you're meeting the right person or whatever it is. Um, and there's been a lot of leaps of faith, mm. you know, and a lot of should I and shouldn't I and should I and shouldn't I. And, you know, for me, a lot of those were conversations with God, you know, of, mm -hmm. what's the next step? Where do you want me to go? What's the, you know, which way are you leading me and whatever. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great. Like I couldn't do it, couldn't do it any other way, you know. It's amazing. I'm glad that you can acknowledge that and uh, to meet other lawyers that like that. It's, it's awesome. I'm a Christian too, so it okay. just spoke to me in that way. 
Um, now, I want to go back to, can you give us a, a snapshot of your day in the life here at Ion Law? What does it look like today? What does it look like, what does it look like being the partner of a law firm that this game-changing law firm that you, you're building, so to speak? Mm. <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> What is a typical day? We don't, you, is an a, a typical day is an atypical day. You know, yeah, you come out into the office with your list of things that you're going to get through yes. and things that you have to do. And okay, we have these closings today or I have these meetings and whatever. Okay, fine. Those things we make happen <laughs> regardless. Yeah. Everything else in between is kind of like, okay, what's, you know, um, what, whatever, whatever comes is what you have to deal with, you know. So it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, yeah, go ahead, ask. Yeah, so I'm just curious, like, I mean, I know that was, that's a, I could, I could go all different ways. Maybe I'm walking through, like, do you, I don't know, do you, like, come in and have a team meeting? Do you do readings so we, about the law firm? Mm -hmm. Do you educate yourself in the legal space? Like, I know there's, like, a set routine you do that's right. kind of, like, core to, you know, like habits and stuff yes. like that, like, things that come in, like, must-dos for the day. I don't know if that makes yes. any sense. Yeah. yeah, so actually, yeah. in the last few months, we did implement, uh, so we do have daily huddles with our team. Um, every day. So we've created our anthem of what we want Ion Law to be and to represent cool. for ourselves, for our clients, for whatever. And every morning we meet as a team, we huddle together and we read it out. And we all take turns reading a portion of it and just to, you know, get our minds in the right place and stuff. And um, it doesn't always work <laughs> if we're having a particularly stressful day or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, it's a, it's a good reminder, right? Yeah. Who is accountable and just to keep us focused on who we are and what we want to be, you know? So we start every day with our huddle and a couple of days a week we have, we now have scheduled meetings. So once a week they are meant for team building, mm -hmm. whatever it is. We set a new goal. We check in on a goal that we've set and see how close, we, you know, we've come to it. We revise them, we amend them, you know, things like that, or yep. it'll be team building in, in one way or another. Um, and then we have once a week, we set a procedural meeting mm. where we come in and we say, okay, this is not working. This is working. We need to iron out this. This needs to be tweaked. A retainer here needs to be revised. You know, um, please make sure you save documents this way. So literally procedural stuff so we can yeah. all stay on the same page. If something needs to be improved or tackled, we do it and we hold one another accountable yeah. to that, you know. And just constantly trying to improve on our, our processes That's amazing. to get as efficient and streamlined as we can, you know. That's amazing. You're speaking, this is music to my ears, because <laughs> the podcast is called Scale Law Firm Podcast. And right. the whole goal is to be able to help people, law firms, lawyers, get those tactics that they need to scale. And one mm -hmm. of them is a system. Mm -hmm. Without a system in place, without something efficient, like you said, yep. how do you scale? And I mean, the fact you guys, you ladies are having these meetings, it's amazing. And, mm -hmm. and the anthem... Nothing to go deep into it, like the personal, but is it more like a mission statement or is it like, has everybody said their own statement? Like, is it, everybody has a personal one that they say or is it? No, it's like we a, came up with it together in, in previous meetings. Yeah. We, we came up with the ideas. We looked at what our core values are, what we want to see in your ideal firm. What would you want, mm. you know, for yourself, for your clients, for, for all of it, for the team. And uh, we papered those things and you know, into almost like a short essay, like a one-pager. Yeah. And that's what we, that's what we reaffirm every day. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. 
That's awesome. I've never so it's heard really it. important, actually. I think it's yeah. it would be a great thing for for every every firm to yeah. do. It doesn't matter the, the size of it. You know, mm -hmm. you got to know what your what's your goal. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Your the identity that your your vision, right. your identity, because like you can be, be pulled every which way, right, and lose mm -hmm. track of what's going on. Um, yeah, very cool. Um, so I want to go to the book. You, the book you talk about, there's, you outline four activities that you suggest, I guess, mm -hmm. from your personal experience, that person should be implementing to, as you said, stop playing small and break through your bar barriers. Mm -hmm. And one of them was, uh, what, what, what's playing in your movie role? Can you talk more about that? What does that mean to you? What does that mean when you say that? What's playing in your movie role? The movie reel? Sorry, movie reel, yeah, role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> reel. no, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, let me give you a little bit of background because it, it won't make sense otherwise. Um, so, I, I struggled with self-esteem a lot growing up. And I, you know, so many reasons for that. And I think a lot of, a lot of girls, a lot of guys, uh, a lot of people do. Yeah. And, you know, by the time you get to your high school years and stuff like that, it can, it, it becomes an issue, you know. So, um, in my early 20s. I had had enough of it, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> and I was trying to, you know, again, sit, sat with God a lot and just tried <laughs> to understand why and where and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I, you know, got some answers back and I realized that our self-esteem and our self-image, at least for me, I'm not saying it's true for everybody else. And, you know, I wrote it the way I understood it. Mm -hmm. um, I realized that my messaging to myself was very negative and on repeat, like a movie reel. Wow. So, you know, and so in my early 20s, I, I was just so sick of it. And I knew that it needed to change and I knew that I wasn't going to continue this way. I didn't want to. It just wasn't, it was so draining <laughs> and exhausting <laughs> to deal with yourself when you, when you feel so down, you know. And um, yeah, I, I realized that I had a lot of negative messaging on repeat to myself. And I didn't even, I, I mean, for a long time, it just played. Like I didn't realize all the self-doubt and all the, no, you can't, you're shy, you're whatever, you're not likable, not lovable, da, da, da. It was just, that was just there and playing. So everything, every challenge, everything I faced, every person that I met, you know, that feeling of not good enough and whatever it is was, was there. And um, through, through a lot of sitting with God, I realized that it was because of what I called my movie reel after. You know, these thoughts were just there and they were just on, they were just playing. Like nobody was, there was nobody to say pause, you know, reject, edit, none of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was just going. Yeah. Um, and it was toxic. Like it's just so toxic. Yeah. So... For me, the process involved. For me, the process involved um, having to catch those thoughts. So first of all, recognizing them, mm -hmm. and making a big effort to change them, yeah. and to sit and evaluate whether they were real and, and true or not, mm. and to consider where I was getting my. Um, to realize that my confidence or lack thereof was in great part because I was looking 
out. I was thinking I was going from out to in, you know, mm. not in to out. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where a lot of my relationship with God, you know, I was like, okay, but if he's supposedly made me perfect, then, you know, me saying that I'm anything less than that, not not actually. Not, not that I don't make mistakes, right? Yeah, but, I mentioned me. <laughs> you know, um, like basically if, I, if I'm his daughter and if I believe that and his creation is perfect, then for me to say anything else is to say that he's imperfect, mm. you know? So I had to sit and think about that movie reel and, and, and change it, you know, and yeah. look around me and see who I was surrounded with. And I was blessed with a lot of good friends and good family. And I'm like, well, if I have so much respect for these people and these people are not dumb. So <laughs> if they're choosing to be my friends and to be a part of my life, then there has to be something there of value, you right. know? So just changing that and catching the, the movie reel and making it pause and conscientiously replacing each negative thought with a good one or just make, making your mind stop running, you know, yeah. until I got a handle, until I got a handle of it. Wow. Um, I want to unpack a little bit more, not to go deep into your, that thing, but I, I, like okay. I said, it's called Skier Law from Podcasts. And one of the four pillars is it's mindset, mm. it's people, it's systems, and marketing. Mm -hmm. And mindset, I think, is the hugest thing. When your mindset changes, everything else can change for you. That's right. So walk me through, how did you, I'm saying, how did you replace, like, what did you do to replace? Cause I, I just talk, I'm imagining all of us are sitting every day, maybe in a consciousness, and watching a movie playing like in a theater and the, the negative stuff about you is being played and you can't you're just taking it in it and that's feeding your esteem right how did you change that clip and make it play something different like practically i'm talking about yes um so again for me you know i'm uh, there's real professionals out there that can help people <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> deal I'm, with I'm, this. I'm like, gonna, didn't, i didn't do that i got you yeah, yeah. you know um so the first part for me was, I would say, having to even stop my thoughts. Like, they, they were just, it was constant, you know? You know, when people say, my mind is always going, my mind is always going, well, what's your mind going with? Yeah. You know? So, I kind of worry when people say that now, actually. I'm like, your mind cannot always be running. And it's, who's controlling who? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. We have control over our thoughts. Yeah. So, for me, it was just like, okay, well, I'm going to be aware of when I'm having these thoughts, you know, and when they are coming, I'm going to stop them. And it wasn't enough to just stop them. I had to replace it with an opposite truth yeah. because I had to believe it. Yeah. I had to know that it was true. And every time that negative thought entered, I had to say, no, but this is evidence to the contrary, gotcha. you know, and this is an example of why that's not true. And no, I can be strong because this is where I handled this or you know, um, I am wise because this person spoke to me and they appreciated my advice, whatever it is, whatever right. it is that's giving you that feeling that you're, you're less than or not equal to everybody else, you know, that's, that's the difference. Like, people that are confident are not perfect. They're not better. They just have a good self-image, right? And, and that means accepting that things are, you're not perfect at everything and you can make mistakes and the mistake, just because you make a mistake, it doesn't have to drive you to the ground, you know, mm -hmm. um, and make you beat yourself up endlessly and whatever, you know. So it was just a lot of bad habits, a lot of things that I realized that I was doing to myself. Yeah. Um, 
that I had to stop, you know? Yeah. And some of that includes getting rid of some people that are not yeah. Yeah, supportive or helpful or whatever it is. But So it sounds like that shift came when you recognized it, but also found something more, a more positive thing that's real. Yes. And that would be the anchor to it, like, you find evidence to support something new, more empowering, more yes. positive. Yes. And that'd be the anchor to build upon that. Yes. Amazing. Awesome. Um, There's universal laws that I was, I'm starting to learn about. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to misquote it, so I yeah, <laughs> don't so want to go there. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's the law of, uh, the law of polarity, okay. it might be, you know. Okay. Um, and I don't know if one is the law of vacuum, but those, those kinds of ideas. Like yeah. you can't just... If you take something out negative yeah. and you don't replace it with something positive, you're likely to replace it with something else negative. Gotcha. So it's right? Space I didn't have that awareness and language and whatever for it after, you know, before, but it wasn't enough for me to just say, I'm, I'm going to stop thinking this way and I'm going I, to, to stop it and to really change it. I had to believe it, you know, and I, it was conditioning over so many years, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to be really intentional about it. To make it change, you know. Amazing. Well, we definitely, I think you did a good job. We're here. <laughs> Still a work in progress, honestly. Oh, we all are. Always. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two more questions. This is great. I'm loving this. Um, I am curious. I'm curious to like, just, you mentioned serving people, but if you could just think of like one thing you love about coming here every day or just the fact that you walk in and say, I'm a lawyer, you say what you do. Mm -hmm. What's one thing you love about being a lawyer? I think it's setting my clients up for success. Um, problem solving for them, listening to their stories and their experiences and getting, having the opportunity to help them. Really, it is, it is about the service, you know, help yeah. them in one way or another. So, you know, when it's, when it's with the wills part of it, um, it's helping them set up a legacy that's gonna be good for them and for their families and, you know, um, walking them through some of the conversations that maybe they don't want to have or mm -hmm. they haven't thought about and being able to, you know, and they're like, oh, I never thought about that. I, you know, I like hearing that. Like, yep, that's why I'm here, you know, to help you and to tell you about the things maybe you need to think about that you haven't before, you know. Mm -hmm. With real estate, it, you know, first-time buyers, it's always nice to be a part of that journey and they're so excited and, yeah. you know, if you're in the hands of a team that you're happy with, it's a great experience, you know, so Definitely. being able to make that a positive experience for, for the clients um, yeah. is great. But overall, it's, it's just the, the, the overall advice, helping them to come up with a plan that suits them, whatever it is. And what's, what's the nicest is when you are able to help them avoid problems. You know, that, that, I, like, I love that when I can yeah. say, okay, but if you don't, you know, have you thought about this? Have you created an agreement? Have you, you know, done this stuff right. um, to make sure that you don't run into issues in the, in the future? Gotcha. Not just the straight, like, they might think about it came in saying, we want to do this, but you're mm -hmm. like, but you're missing this road down the road. You might have, that they didn't think of, didn't know of. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So as a side note, I know I always run into promotion on wills and estates. Oh, yeah. um, talk more about that. I mean. If you're listening to this, it is April, <laughs> what, I don't know, the third, what is it, April the 13th, yes. 14th, so uh, 2022, but if you're talking about what the promotion you have going on as far as the wills and estates offer. Yeah, so we're really trying to get, encourage everybody to, to get out there and get these done. They're so important, and too many people are afraid to or put it off or whatever the reasons are, you know, 
excuses, I would have to say, <laughs> we all have them, um, of, of not getting their estate plans in place. Mm. But it's so important and we've seen for so many years the grief and the agony that it really causes families when you haven't just taken the time to do this, you know? It's, it's almost inevitably more difficult without having your wills for people to deal with it. So we're really trying to get people to come on, get on it. And it's tax season, so everybody's already going through their financials and getting their stuff in place to file their taxes and get all of that in place. So we're like, okay, this is a great opportunity for everybody to jump on mm -hmm. and um, finally get this done. So we mm -hmm. want to make it easy and we're just encouraging people to do that. So we created our April promo. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how many clients have come in since we've, <laughs> since we've <laughs> launched it, but it was... 50% uh, for the first 10 people yep. that saw the promo and came in, 40% um, for the next 10, 30% for the 10 after that, and 20% for everybody else who sees the promo and uh, gets in contact with us and books their their meeting. So they got to sign up with us um, for the month of April yeah. and definitely by May have our first meeting with them. So awesome. we want some... And the reason we did that is because we want some commitment. We don't want you to just come in and, take, and then just leave it again on the back burner for six months or I'll get to it or I don't yeah. have time and whatever. So we want to make it, we want to create a sense of urgency of course, yeah. so people will actually get it done. Awesome. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and it's in the month of April 2022 and you're looking to get a will or you don't have a will, then I'll put in the show notes on law from his website, um, um, <clears throat> Marlene's email, phone number and contact them because mm -hmm. that you need to get this done. Uh, last question. Thank you. I always ask all my guests this question. Yeah. So just the way I end it. Uh, what's the most important lesson you've learned over your career as a lawyer so far? You, it could be one thing you've learned that you like you can pass on or you could your younger self knew it before you started. What would that be? The one lesson. Um, That's a good question. <laughs> That's why it's always the last question. <laughs> Give me a minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it we'll could be... And there's so many. And yeah. I, I'm like, the one lesson that I have but learned... Frame it this way, right? Preparation, I would have to say. Preparation. Yeah. Like for myself or in general? The it's one just lesson. you. It's not about like a general... It's just what okay. you extracted from your 10, 15 years, whatever, being a lawyer. You can go back. You say, wow, if I only knew... The beginning mm -hmm. that would be make my life a lot easier. I, yeah. I mean, and I guess preparation kind of goes both ways. For it, it's one of the biggest lessons that I've seen. That's so important for everybody. Really, mm -hmm. being prepared. You know. Um, like, tell me more about that. Like, when, I mean, I get that's pre prepared, but can you give me an example or a situation where There's you weren't prepared or you so see many. it happens? Well, it's not just me. I think I'm seeing it more from the client perspective, to be honest uh, with you. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> but for my for myself, yes. the one lesson <laughs> that I have <laughs> learned, <laughs> I think it's service. Like, you know, really staying focused on, on client service. Mm. Um and I guess that also ties into not being led by your fears, you know. Uh, so taking those extra, those leaps of faith. Yeah. When you need to. Yeah. Um, you know, not always needing to know the how and have the answers. Yeah. 
and sometimes just having to trust that your next move is the one that you want and it's the right one for you and things will come <laughs> that'll that'll work around it we'll work with it that that's a good lesson there yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if it was for the clients i would say yeah. preparation <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well marlene i mean thank you i uh, enjoyed this conversation and <clears throat> once again uh, everybody who doesn't um, know much about island law firms they're in based in toronto canada north york if you're looking to get a will if you're looking to buy a house if you're looking to talk about immigration or anything else, um, I'll put it in the show notes, Marlene's email, the, the website, and their phone number, and you should contact them. Thank you, Marlene. Thank you so much, Ian. You're this welcome. was fun. <laughs> <laughs>